If you hear odd computer noises, uh, it's because my computer is updating itself. Now let us all remember the last time my computer updated itself in such a dramatic manner, it managed to brick itself. So, you know, this could be the end of the podcast as we know it. Sup kids, how are you today? I am doing well. I have the day off for a change. Something I don't really have. Uh, you may also notice that this video is extremely grey. There's not much dynamic range because I'm recording in the evening. I haven't recorded a podcast in the evening in oh, months and months and months. Uh, but it's an interesting time for me. I'm currently, as of this podcast, probably on a train heading back from London. I've been publicizing on the Instagram uh, that I have some work in a show. I will include links to that below. Uh, with the very nice Jenny Bay. B. Bay. B. A. B. A. Uh, we had her on the podcast uh, she, we, when I was doing a, a podcast in a hotel in London. Um, and she was kind enough to come talk to me. Um, we discussed the whole art world, as you do when you get two people who are heavily interested in art in the same room. <clears throat> And we discussed the world at large and the idea of representation and artists and curation. And she has been curating or putting together a show with her little collective. I don't want to say little. I mean, her, the collective. I think there's about there's three or four of them in that group uh, called FUBA, which, if you don't know, is called Fucked Up Beyond All Recognition. And that is the theme for the exhibition which I submitted some work to, and I have some work in that show. So I've been to, I believe, last night when this podcast goes up, I will have been at the private view um, to meet other artists, essentially. I've never really been... I've never been part of the London art scene. I'm I'm very northern, from what I'm told. Uh, but that is that is what, what I'm doing today. That's why I have the evening off, because I have to go, uh, go to this exhibition thing. But that's quite a scary thing. You know, that's that's a strange little thing of me trying to put my work out there. I've been very lucky to meet Jenny. I, I think I met her through Instagram, actually, or Twitter, um, and loved her work. And then we just got chatting and turned out that she was having this exhibition. Um, and it was kind of me taking a step forward. So today I've kind of just been... I've just been doing milling about getting chores done. And one of the things which uh, I, I experienced and I tweeted about when I was, I was out doing my chores was I was in a coffee shop. And next to me at the table, to my side, was a family. Well, not a family. There was there was two boys and uh, what was clearly a mother and a grandmother. Um, and then the, I think the boy must have been about maybe sixteen, seventeen, and his, his younger brother. Oh, I'm terrible with placing people's ages, so I do apologise. Uh, he must have been I don't know, maybe twelve, twelve, thirteen. He can't have been that old, <clears throat> but not old enough to be kind of doing exams or anything like that but they were discussing GCSEs and I always find the GCSE conversation really interesting and this time of year I always try to tend to tweet out or tend to try and spread a message that guys you know don't worry about your exams as much as you do I know like the amount of stress and pressure which is put on people for GCSEs and A-levels is insane um, and I know there can be a struggle for some people not everyone is great at taking exams and not everyone is great at kind of doing things um 
my PC is freezing up with making a little large. Uh, but you know, don't don't stress. And parents don't put that stress on them. They've spent however long preparing for it. They're either prepared or they're not. They're going to fail or they're not. But what struck me as hilarious was the older brother had gotten an A, not an A star, in one of his exams. And I don't know if it was this year or the previous year, um, but the general feeling at the table, as they were explaining to the grandmother, was that he was robbed. <laughs> he should have got an A-star. He deserved an A-star. He worked hard for it. And they all put it down to this one question, which was on the very last test of paper. Uh, I don't know what the paper was. I didn't I didn't catch the subject. Because, you know, I'm eavesdropping. I don't want to get too involved. This is what I do. I go into public places and watch you. A little creepy, I know. But it's how I learn. It's how I experience the world. Not through binoculars. I just, I just eavesdrop. I find people fascinating. Um, as I'm sure they found me quite dull. But either way. They are discussing this. And he was robbed according to, to them. Um, from the sounds of it, he wasn't robbed. He just he misread the question. Which to me is, no, that's you failing. Not the exam failing. <laughs> from my point of view. The whole crux of the matter for them was that... Um, yeah, he the, the the question was misleading or too hard, and a bunch of people got it wrong, and they could have retaken it, and he could have got his A-star, um, which I thought was la-di-da, but uh, neither here nor there, because he got an A, it didn't really matter, you already achieved an A, that A-star GCSE is going to make zero impact on your A-levels, because this is, this is what they don't tell you, this is what they don't tell you when you're, you're you know, I want to say 17, 16, 17, this is what they don't tell you. Whilst you're in school senior school, high school, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's the most important thing. You know, you've got to get those grades. Got to get up to that GCSE. Got to got to get those those grades on those GCSEs. Because if you don't, you can't get into college to get your A-levels. Uh, in the UK, college is in between between. It's like what you'd call seniors, you know. Um or, you know, go get your, your AS levels or your BTECs or any of that because you need your GCSEs. Your GCSEs become completely unimportant as soon as you're in that A-level system. That's just a fact. They may take, force you to take English and IT again if you didn't do very well of those in the first place. Um, but that is the fact. Those are the, the important ones. And that's because there's a, there's a certain standard of... of learning which they want you to have before you kind of go to that point and i'm not going to get into all discussion of the the people learn differently and stuff i have different all these kinds of opinions on that but that's the basic thing and then when you're in the a-level system a-levels are the only thing that matters which is the crux of it that's that's you know that's the next bit a-levels are the only things which matter um and it's like okay cool and Oh my god, phone shush. Um, that's the only reason why they are. And they're, why do they only? Why are they the only reason? Because they're what you need to get into university. And then once you're in university, A levels do not matter. I don't even include them on a CV. I didn't include them on a CV at all after university because they do not matter. You make them a footnote because all of a sudden, what matters is your degree. And that's the cycle. That's what they don't tell you. You know, they put so much pressure on you, and then you get into college or you get into university, and you're like, oh, I didn't do too well on my levels, and I didn't do too well on my GCSEs. It doesn't matter. You're already there. You got in. That was the important bit. That's the bit they were trying to push on. But what fascinated me about this whole conversation was 
the mother in this conversation was so adamant about it and she wanted to explain to the grandmother how her son was the best ever in the world and how he was completely robbed and they should have made a complaint to the school and they should have you know done this that and the other and it's all the school's fault and it's the examiner's fault it's not her son's fault and all i could think was to myself was god damn middle-aged white women scare me i know it took 10 minutes to get to that point but i do not care she will be living off that story for the rest of her life. The rest of her life. Trust me. And how do I know this? Because my mum did the same thing. You know, you get to a certain point and you pass this exam and then she'll tell her friends about your 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 grades or whatever and they'll get discussing it. And then all that will come up is how I could have done slightly more if... It wasn't for this certain point, and she'll defend my failure for the rest of her eternity. And mums will do that. Why mums will do that, as far as I know, you know that that is a thing. That is a almost suburban thing of them just grasping hold of it and going, "No, you know, this is my son. He did very well, and he could have done slightly better if he didn't have this standing in his way." Well. No, screw that. I could have done better. I could have done more. I didn't really revise for my exams. I'm going to lay that flat on that. I didn't really revise. I didn't prep. I didn't do study periods. Do you know what I did during study periods? Nothing. I was sat playing Time Splitters. I just happened to be of a talent intelligence where I can just take exams. So, there's that. But, and I suck at exams. I'm more about coursework. No, coursework's the great way around getting through exams. My PC will restart several times. This is frozen on 85%, by the way. I think it's broke my PC again. Let's, we'll move past that. Um, but that's the whole whole crux of the matter, is that they will defend and they will repeat that story. And the same thing will happen when he's at A-level, I'm sure. And the same thing will happen when he's at university, of them defending it. And I had a whole whole idea of this, and this has been my experience. And it was a thing when I was a teenager. I remember my mum and my my mum's uh, cousin used to make fun of my brother for being a bit afraid of them. But they were two short white women. Um, you know, mums. And he was nervous around them. Didn't know what to do with them. Didn't know how to interact with them. And I'll be honest, I don't at times. I still don't know how to do it. Because I treat every random mum, which I meet, like my mum. That, that says all all kinds of things about me, but you know, I I treat them with courtesy and I treat them with respect, and I I I I don't know. I react in ways which I didn't even know was possible, and it's this this built-in thing. This is the thing where people get on about with like people looking for father figures or looking for um, you know older men and going, yes, you know that could be attractive because that gives me stability, and looking for. Um, Oh, what is the word? Validation from older men. That whole thing is is this. is the whole middle-aged world. I find them quite intimidating. This is the whole, you know, you work in retail and you get the, the suburban mom come up and say, where is the manager? That is fascinating to me. And I think there's this whole, I don't know, this whole generational subsection which i just i find completely fascinating and i can't help but find it fascinating one because i have a middle-aged white woman in my life which is my mother mom hello if you watch this you you might watch this i don't know um and i find how she's she exists in the world and her opinions on things completely fascinating whether i agree or i do not agree 
but she's completely willing to have a discussion with me. And that's something which I've always appreciated. That's something which I don't think I can take away. Um, I, I, you know, we live completely different lives. Um, we have completely different experiences of the world. Uh, one, well, not a huge moment, but significant moment was that my parents went on holiday. Um, they saw some Salvador Dali work and my mom didn't know who Salvador Dali was. Didn't, no idea. Never heard of him. She didn't, fifties. Never heard of him. Um, me, I learned who Salvador Dali was when I was like 12. Because I was, I was interested in that and I, I needed to know. And his work fascinated me and became this big thing. And, and I studied work and I, the, the fact that she didn't even know about it kind of fascinated me because I definitely had his work on my walls and, and books about him and written about him. Um, but she never, never delved into that because that was my world. In the same way, there is no doubt countless stories, tales, moments within my mum's life which I know nothing about and I want to know about. I, this is something which I found more recently. Um, I am, I'm almost desperate for information about people within my lives because, and I think it, it had something to do with my, my granddad passing of learning different stories about him and, and realizing I know nothing about these people. You know, they are the people who have raised me for nearly 30 years. And I, I really don't know that much about them. I know my subsection. I know the 30 years I've been with them. But I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't know what they, they react like when you do certain things. I can make an educated guess from knowing their personalities. But I'm kind of fascinated. And middle-aged white women are, are, are overall fascinating because their views vary so much and because how they treat the world vary so much, especially right now. So if you're thinking middle-aged um, middle moms, you, you're looking at around people who are in their 40s to 60s right now. That's that's them. Um, a whole subsection of them. So you're, you're looking at people who were born... Well, not born. Well, yeah, born. Um, maybe 60 years ago, which would make the 70s and 80s they were they were born around those times 60s 70s and 80s and they were born in these times of huge cultural change and huge revolution and they they definitely went through those time periods in their formative years and then they also went through kind of the whole 90s boom and everything which came with that and the, the changes for women and the changes for their rights and the fights which were going on and the some who were heavily involved and some who were lesser involved and the decisions which they've made in their lives almost have no bearing on modern woman. This, this sounds very strange for me to sit here and talk about modern woman and because I have no bearing on it, you know, I'm, I'm cis white male. But, oh my God, it's fascinating. It, it, and how they live their lives now and their attitudes, I think, it, it just fascinates me. I think mainly because I don't think I can comprehend it. And I find this with topics. If I can't comprehend it, I become fascinated by it. If, you know, it's it's like people who are interested in model trains. Right? I have no idea how model trains are as popular as they can be to some people. Therefore, I'm slightly fascinated by it because I want to know why you care about the gauge of that track, why you care about the model numbers. People who train watch, I don't, I don't understand it 
and therefore I need to understand it. I have to get involved in it. I have to, I have to, you know, get in. And this is this is the thing. And I can't simulate growing up as a female in the 60s, 70s, or 80s within my own life. And because the amount of variation you get person to person coming out of that time period from ultra-liberal to ultra-conservative to everything in between, it's it's fascinating. And I meet them and I'm like, I need to know how you got to this. I need to know how you got to this opinion. How, how you found this balance for your life. And it's the same, and I can, I can, with men, I can understand it more. There is a level of understanding there. And it's because I went through that childhood. I went through, you know, not in that time period, but I could understand how teens would react in that period. I could understand how other males would react in that period because I have, you know, I'm male. I have that, that point of reference. But for female, I do, I really don't. And it's, I don't know, I find it insane. I find it kind of, and it's that level of, just scary enough and this is what i find interesting about the difference between um between men and women dealing with these characters so like like the retail experience if you have i'm gonna keep using the phrase middle-aged white woman who attacking my own microphone um came up to you and said i need to speak to the manager and asking for a refund and all this kind of stuff there's a level of some men will struggle with that because to them it is like their mother coming in and telling them off. And I'm, I'm sorry, then it's very Oedipus, but that is that is the situation, and it's it's something they will do anything for that person. They will treat them with complete respect. They will never badmouth them. They will do this. Some who have had different relationships with their, their parents would not. They would not take any crap. They would instantly start you know joking with them maybe even belittling them and there's a lot of bigotry which goes in that and it's because they have no respect for their mother um and i find that kind of fascinating and and just the the level of power they have as well what i really find fascinating is is middle-aged women who are still very conservative who are still very uh you know marriage kids husbands right blah 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 Stuff which I don't personally understand, in, and well, I understand it, I know where it, can, it comes from, but to still be in that mindset kind of is insane. And it comes from a level of them not wanting change. You know, you this is a very, to say it's a very marginalized part of society, and, and, and women have been, it's also still very, very privileged. You know, you think of, of men in an older man, it's a very privileged environment from the sense of, you know, you can go out, get a job, um, automatically has respect wherever they go. There's no questioning of what they do. They're seen as a, a sign of authority, a sign of power, and all, all the bad stereotypes which go with it. It's a huge level of privilege which accompanies, accompanies older men. Um, for middle-aged white women, they've led a, a life especially middle-class, middle-aged white women, um, they've led, led a life of of complete security. Yes, they've been under someone's thumb, likely, uh, for their entire lives, but also it's a very protected world. It's a very enclosed world to the point where they're likely not able to cope with levels of change which may occur because of, of 
progression in, in society and and things moving on and they kind of sat there going okay well everything's changing and there's all these people who want new rights and 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 but we women got the rights you know we, we got that back in the day um so why should why should that change and does this mean I could lose my level of comfort? And in a way, I think there's a, there's just as much just as much fear there as there is for you know bigoted males, you know, who you can sit in a little tower for as long as you want, and then it comes back to that that, that whole opinion of well, what would I miss? You know, what are they going to take from me? And it's because they've lived this bubble, and I don't want to call it brainwashing because it, it's not. It's it's social indoctrination. It's different to brainwashing. Brainwashing is completely lobotomizing someone's free will in order to get them to agree with you whereas this is social conditioning this is something which they've they really had no control over at the time because society was built in such a way and now we're in a a stage of not upheaval but progress and it's all very interesting i think i've said that too many times but there's nothing more scary or more powerful than them either I'd even go so far as saying there's a chance that they're more powerful than older males in that, one, they're a representation of a gender which is meant to be or currently is, you know, one of power and change, one of progression and one of trying to balance and and find this equality and and really get to the point of trying to, to make everyone equal. And that's you know they can't avoid that because that is their gender um but at the same time it means if they go against that if they go against fem- feminism and they go against living their life in an independent manner does that damage feminism because people can look at them and go well no because here's all these these this whole generation which is saying no you know housewife sit at home look after the kids that's the that's the woman's woman's role um and that's terrifying. That's that's almost like having or trying to have an argument with someone who and someone's on your side or should be on your side because they're automatically on your side. Um and then them turning around and going, No, actually I don't I don't agree with any of that. I don't agree with agree with what you're saying. And it ultimately diminishes other arguments. I think they're the hardest people to kind of convince of a change as well. I think you can, from my point of view of, of being male, I think you can you can manage to change the mindset of a male, an older male. Yes, they'll be stuck in the ways. Yes, they will argue against you with full force. That's the, the, the drawback of an older man, is that they will full-on argue with you because the the threat of change brings out that defensive technique um whereas i think middle-aged women you can't from my my general view you can't argue this is why i think you i've said i'll have so many friends whose mums they find the biggest bane of their existence at times because there's no convincing them there's no change to them and I think you have to encourage that. I think you just have to encourage it in as many ways as possible to to not change their world because you're not changing their world. You're just trying to expand their worldview. Maybe this is me. We all knew I was coming to that line. Oh my god, hitting the mic again. Maybe this is me. Maybe it's just me projecting my own my own interactions with with older women. Um, 
onto other people. But I think it's a fascinating divide and, and kind of an ignored subsection of the world. You know, everyone focuses on the, the patriarchy and everyone focuses on on white males and young females and the differences which occur there. But I think older white women need to be studied. <laughs> they control a massive amount of the world. Obviously less than, than white men. But they're also the hardest to kind of understand in a way. Perhaps this is me. Maybe this is my gender speaking. Maybe this is my race speaking. Maybe this is just my experience within the world at large. But I'd love to know what you think. I'd love to know your interactions. Um, I mean, as I say, my mom is fantastic. She has some points in her life which I've discussed with her and she discusses with me. And she's always willing to have that discussion. And I think that's been important for me. So when I meet other people from that age group who don't, I think I, I just find it fascinating. I need to. It's it's like when you meet someone with completely conflicting views compared to you. One, yes, obviously you you have that instant revulsion of oh my god, I can't believe they talk about this. I don't believe it. But at the same time, there's a level of wanting to know how they got to that point, and wanting to be involved in that. I guess. But let me know what you think. Um, and this isn't just an attack on middle-aged white women, by the way. You know, they're great. Most of them are just, just there. Trying to get on with the day. Stay safe out there, and I'll talk to you guys later.